Hello, this is the 212 podcast. Every week we meet a different person from the events and art industry that talk us through how they got into events and why on earth you choose to be involved. Please, if there is a God, tell me why we do it to ourselves. Uh, if the next guest on the podcast this week was a song, he would be Jump Around because he is the cream of the crop and has risen to the very, very top. He is a powerhouse across the Asian event and festival scene. And Will is one of the most diverse guests we have on as he loves so many different projects. Justin Sweeting, how are you and where are you today? Um, very well, thank you for having me. That's an incredible introduction. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing really well, all things considered. Uh, I'm here at home in Hong Kong uh, and looking forward to chatting with you. Perfect. Just in general in Hong Kong, how's, how's actually everything been affected there? Uh, also virus related, I'd say things are under kind of relative control as much as they can be anywhere. Um, cases have been steadily dwindling and going down and Hong Kong's approach has been um, from the start to kind of seal the borders and then try to get to a position where there aren't any cases happening locally which can't be traced and so what we do we do have is a very strong system of, of, of tracking and tracing and then kind of isolation here so people if they're if, if they test positive then they'll go off into hospitals if you've been in contact of someone who tests positive then you go into a quarantine center so it's it's, it's not like other places where you're left to quarantine on your home uh on your own accord so uh it's a little bit different in that sense that's great i think that's a that's a that's a positive um uh direction because uh, obviously some people uh, don't know what's happening they're kind of just going with it and not really sure what's what's actually going on but um i guess let's uh let's start at the beginning with you um a lot of people uh, find different paths into um events uh, or festivals or uh, music, sports, whatever you want, the, the whole kind of uh, broad spectrum um, of the arts and events scene. Uh, how did you get into events? Um, I guess uh, really organically, I guess is the simple answer. And I really I came through it probably easiest to explain is, is kind of the failed musician's route. as kind of a, uh, a music geek as a kid growing up and always played in bands. And Hong Kong was kind of an arid place to be one of those people because there wasn't really a lot going on here. Um, so when I went to the UK for university, it, it, it really was, um, you know, this kind of explosion of, of different experiences and uh, ex- exposures I could I, I could come, in, come into. And so I was there right at the time when uh, I guess Britpop was really blowing up and Glastonbury 95 was the first kind of major festival I went to. And for me, I, I always knew that I... I kind of wanted to work in music, but I didn't know kind of in which area. So I played, um, yeah, as I was saying, I've always kind of played in bands and the band I was in at university did, um, you know, we, we, we were in a very small, small city. So, so uh, it, 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 we were kind of a, you know, a, a biggish fish in a very small pond. And so after university, we decided to stay on, you know, do music for a while and see how that went. We had a very fun first year. Um, you know, we got signed to kind of production deals and was releasing indie singles on indie labels and, and, and touring the country. And for me, being this music geek from Hong Kong, I loved every second of it. I, I, you know, I loved playing even to, you know, really sparse crowds in the really tiny venues up and down the country. For me, it really was kind of that 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 was the dream. So uh, kind of kid in the candy shop. 
Totally, absolutely. And so I, I kind of reveled and enjoyed every, every moment of that. And, you know, we got to play with a lot of other fantastic bands and just, I just loved everything. I, I loved everything related to it. And so we decided to do another year. And, and by that time, I I'd, uh, I think I'd talked the label that we, we, we were with to giving me kind of an internship, basically just work experience, because I wanted to learn more. And that was fascinating because I, I did learn a lot there. <laughs> but Which record label was that? Uh, this this was a little independent label in Oxford called Shifty Disco. Uh, basically, we uh, it, it was interesting because by the end of that second year, I could feel that uh, you know the shows weren't getting any bigger. The th- th- things that just felt like they were plateauing. And up until that point, we were we were kind of on this. We felt like we were moving forward with 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 some momentum everywhere. And everything I was learning at the record label was actually telling me in my head that things were never really going to happen on the music front because I could see what uh, the industry was set up for at that kind of period. And this this was in the early 2000s. And so if you went on a certain path, there really, it was really very difficult to break into anything. And it, it got to that point where I thought, well, I don't, you know, I love doing this and I don't want this to be something that I become bitter about in, in 10, 15 years. If I, if I keep kind of plugging away and, and it doesn't feel like it's going to happen, let's just accept that and enjoy it for what it was. And so I felt it was time to, to come home basically. And when I came back to Hong Kong, the fascinating thing for me was that nothing had changed since I was a, since I was a kid and there was still really nothing happening. And rather than complain about that, I thought, well, this is a, this is actually a great opportunity. We can kind of create a scene and we can, you know, I can take the things that I'd learned from, from overseas and, and, and try and implement the positive things here. You know, one of the main frustrations I had in the UK was that there was such a set system for how everything worked. And coming back to Hong Kong, it was real fertile ground in that there wasn't, there weren't those establishments in place. There was this gray area where you could just um, you can just try things and start things, and if it worked, great. You know, Hong Kong is an, is an amazing place for that, um, for that, for that sense of possibility. And so we just slowly started doing things. I I, I, I st- started putting on shows because I thought the the easiest way to get kind of try and kickstart scenes was to try and show people here, you know, the power, you know, the, the real kind of visceral power of, of what a what a what a real show is and what you know how how it's really important to understand context and in Hong Kong at the time the concept of live music was something that was a for free and b something which was kind of a background uh, kind of entertainment to, to to your meal or kind of an open mic like or something like that there weren't really the kind of established shows at the that, that we know now so I thought well great we can we can just change that and uh, I just slowly tried to act as a bit of a bridge so connecting the dots between the people I knew in the UK and 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 here at home and uh, just being honest and and you know calling up the the bands and the agents and the managers we'd worked with ourselves and just saying hey you know we don't know what's going to happen but we think it's going to be a, a bit of fun and because because we had that trust level there I think we could just start so we started very small doing very small shows and then it, it, over time it just gradually built um, so when you you were saying there at the, at the kind of inception of it when you kind of moved over to the UK there was obviously a Britpop scene when you so from your Hong Kong days to then going over there was it um, was it something that people in Hong Kong were listening to uh, and then the, the, you went over there and it, it it wasn't anything new or did you go over there and you're listening to the Brit uh, so I'm just using the Britpop as an example but um, just 
seeing that musical scene did you did, was it kind of like what is this no no so so it was it was the former really so we but it's important to understand that you know my friends and I were part of a very small niche of people who uh you know for whatever reason fell in love with with, with kind of indie music and um so we we were very well aware of it of the time but our only exposure to it was from you know we were able to get like the enemy and the melody maker but they'd be months old by the time they got to hong kong or when we went to record stores we'd have mm. to you know the stores would have to order in specific number of albums just for us so it, it took a lot of work everything took a lot of searching out and it, it, it made it a challenge but it also meant that those people in town who were into that thing we we, we kind of found each other quite quickly so there was a you know there was a, a monthly kind of indie night and and that was you know the best thing in the world for us as, as, as teenagers and so by the time I went to the UK and especially at that time where it was all kind of blossoming it just really just blew my mind as kind of all the creativity happening and how it was just surrounding everything it was it was, it was a really a really fun time to be there. Fast forwarding to now I mean you were talking there about everything that you'd learned bringing that to Hong Kong so now you're a director of Magnetic Asia and Glockenflap is kind of your is, is your baby really isn't it? Yeah, so we we, we 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 kind of started with the festival, just thinking, you know, just as I was saying before, there were there, there were so many things that didn't exist in Hong Kong. So uh, we felt for a kind of uh, a cosmopolitan world city of, of Hong Kong stature that that it, it, it kind of needed or could do with a, a festival of the kind that we thought was sorely missed here. So we, you know, I. I uh, I got to meet Mike and Jay, the other two co-founders of the festival, and we, we all had a very shared vision of what we wanted that festival to be. And, you know, we didn't have uh, really any money at the time, but we had um, a, a lot of energy and, and, and grit, I guess. So we just decided, let's let's make the very best festival we can at whatever size. So then it was going to be very small um, and really make it all about this, the all about the experience, just this, you know, the, the some of the parts and making it not just a music festival but being the coming together of music art people food and and, and, and silliness and 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 just exposing people to in hong kong to that because we haven't had the opportunity here yet so the idea was very much to create something because it, it, it didn't exist here and, and we just had the belief that it couldn't only be us who wanted this so we started it in 2008 and I, I think we had around 1500 people come to that and it, it's kind of it's very organically grown since that point but the, the vision has never changed but the uh, I guess the scale of it has it has over time yeah great and how many do you get now just as a reference uh, point well now it's, it's, it's kind of a 30,000 capacity a day Amazing. festival so it's, it's it's a nice kind of medium size you must kind of look at that now, though, from when you had the 1500 to now. You must kind of there must be some a lot of pride there for for you and the directors just to be kind of looking at that. And you've kind of created a scene and you've created this amazing festival that brings just brings everyone together. It's it's a wonderful feeling and it's super super rewarding. So you know it's it's our home city and getting to do something we love in in our home city, which bring you know it, events you know festivals and events like this they they really bring people together and they make the cities they're in better places to live so i think they, they add so much vibrancy and color to to, to life so we're, we're very we're very appreciative of the opportunity to do that 
we we have to ask because Glockenflap is a very unusual name. Uh, <laughs> how did you come up with that name? <laughs> so I, I can't take credit for the name. It came from our artistic director Jay's brain plucked out of there from thin air. Essentially, we we all decided we we, we wanted something that was unique and memorable. Uh, mainly because, like I was talking about, the, we really the, the, the central core of the festival, the spirit of it is is, is that experience. So we wanted a, a word or a name that could not relate to anything else but that experience. If people talked about it, it, they must be referring to what this festival is. And so when he came up with that, that sounded suitably memorable and silly. And so it, 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 it kind of kind of stuck. <laughs> Everyone told us we were absolutely crazy for it because, especially at that time. It, no one knew what a festival, a music festival was, let alone what what, what a clock and flap is. So it, we didn't make it easy for ourselves. But 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 now 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 it seems to have people like it's a fun word to say. It's it's certainly memorable. You know, you would you would know that that is the place where you've been. You know, um, it can't, I can't be kind of copied. You're you're kind of the middleman uh, with bringing international acts to Hong Kong. So what do you what do you kind of look for when you're bringing in uh, an artist for the event, and, and how does that how do you translate that with um, the the people that you already have and the acts that you already have within Hong Kong? Is there like a kind of you, you try and have a certain percentage of people um, from different areas? Uh, broadly speaking, yes. Uh, one of the, the one of the challenges with Clock and Flap is because there aren't because Clock Club is many people's first entry point to what to what a festival is, and so we, we cater actually to a, a really super broad demographic of people. Uh, we want to be as accessible as possible to as many people as possible here, and, and really hook them into what a uh, what, what a great experience a festival can be as, as early as possible. So what that means is we we've got everything from from really young kids. We have a, we have a, a kids area we focus quite a lot of effort on, up to you know, up, 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 up to grandparents and everything in between. You know, the majority of people are coming in between 18 and, 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 and 35, say, but um, there's certainly, we certainly have a, a far broader demographic than, than many other events. And the challenge then becomes how do we create programming that can be, that can stay cohesive and yet still mean something and give give all types of people within that, within that wide spectrum uh, an experience that we we define as this clock and flap experience, and so very broadly speaking, we is a, my plan has always been to try and mirror the best things about the city in Hong Kong. So we we, we it's a very multicultural city, and that 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 east meets west feel is something that kind of courses through the through the through the veins here. And so our, our programming is very similar. We we've always looked to 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 merge great western talent with great local talent for example but also that that kind of uh, juxtaposition between old and new is, is is something that hong kong is very um famous for and in the same way we 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 do really like to 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 merge kind of kind of really you know kind of hotly tipped emerging talent which we never get the chance to see in hong kong normally uh with with kind of classics of, of, of generations past you know the, the pioneers of, of before who, who still remain relevant today and still you know for, for a place that hasn't had much exposure to a lot of artists as they were as, as they were in real time so to speak having them play when we have the opportunity makes makes perfect sense so we try it's, it's very much a, a kind of balancing act the whole thing is um, lives or dies on that balance and it's, it's this jigsaw puzzle that slowly gets put together over the course of the year but it, it, it's yeah 
how do you give those local acts and surrounding Asian countries, I guess, is, is what you're kind of known for as well, is mm-hmm. is how do you find acts in the surrounding countries, like, I guess, Japan and Taiwan and China, how do you bring them all together? Like, and how do you find those those ones that you know that are going to kind of get people up? Uh, well, I mean, the, the, the whole discovery side of things, that that's the bit that's most natural to me. That's the that's the part I feel most uh, most passionately about. That's that's the most fun bit of the job. So I'm always, um, you know, ever since I was a kid, you you always want to seek out something shiny and new, and then and, and kind of share it with a, a, a wider audience. So especially with the kind of network, the global network that there's at play at the moment. I'm so lucky that I get to attend showcase festivals all over the world well, when, when the situation is, is normally allows. Um, but also just having kind of trusted people in all these places. I, I was very, uh, I hadn't talked about this yet, but um, one of the first jobs I had when I came back to Hong Kong was uh, working for a company who, it was, it was actually a, 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 a the sky equivalent over here called star tv and and their music channel called channel v and my job basically was to establish the 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 main parent company had just bought myspace at the time so they were thinking about doing an an asian equivalent and so what i pitched to them was essentially an an asian myspace a a music platform that would be based on asian talent and it was called amp and basically my job was to go all around the region um, find great musicians and great talent and then just help we could put them on TV. We could um, do branded events with them. We could, uh, you know, just support them in any any which way we, we could. And that gave me a, a, a really wonderful perspective and a great overview of what was happening in the region, but also allowed me to meet people doing things in each of those countries and cities. And uh, so, so that kind of network of, 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 of people all around the region has been extremely, um, I guess, not just valuable from a work front but but also just consistently inspiring and, and it's always throwing up new things and Asia is always developing in ways uh, kind of different rates across the region and so it's it's, it's 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 a great resource to be able to draw from to find out what's happening where and with, with, with who and it sounds like a genuine it's not something that's forced it sounds like a genuine curiosity from it absolutely yeah yeah 100 percent kind of like you're saying earlier in the introduction about why do we do these things? It, it, it doesn't make any sense. So if, if you're not passionate about it, then there's far easier, less stressful ways to make livings. But if this mm. is the thing that you, you know, this is the part, that's, that's the part I love. So um, that's kind of, yeah, that, that's that's the fun bit. That's Especially it. with festivals, because we can, uh, not every act on the bill needs to have it, its relative ticket pool. So, for example, there's there's many acts we can bring through in, in what we call showcase slots where there's no expectation about how many tickets they sell because no one's going to know who they are in Hong Kong. But if it's someone that we think is going to, you know, move people and inspire them and, 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 and blow some minds, then we've got a few of those slots where purely that, that artist just needs to blow some minds. And it, it's, it's those are the most fun slots to program. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and just kind of seeing that blossom uh, into to something bigger. I mean, you get to see the, the rise of them as well, you know. Um, I'm sure there's – can you think of any uh, acts that you've seen where they were playing in front of five and now you see them playing in front of a 1,000? <laughs> uh, m- m- many, many, many. I mean, it's, it's – it, I, I take the most pride in the local bands, the ones who played – 
one of the main missions we have is how we how we can help develop local band profiles and you know whilst people will come out to the festival once a year it's about how do we get those people to see those same bands year round and one of the things is has just been trying to nurture this um i guess development stages just even at the festival itself where artists can justifiably play on larger stages as late as possible in the bill as we can get them and and now now it's really wonderful because there, there are you know there's a stable of artists that can that justifiably command you know playing on 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 the bigger stages later on at night and when you when you there's always a risk involved that that could that might fall flat on his face for for any act, not just local. But when you see it really work and 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 large crowds coming and and loving and and you can see the momentum building and it's those are those are wonderful moments. Yeah. But but also with the international stuff, we had um I think we had uh, we were one of the 1975's first festivals. Bastille I think hadn't played outside of Europe before they came to us. So um there's tons of others where um we've been lucky that the timing has 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 worked out very well i think of i actually funny you should mention bastille because my head went straight there when i was thinking of some of the uh, festivals and events i've worked at great escape in in brighton the uk is you know bastille played in it for a very small crowd and then the next year or the year after they were headlining so it's you get to see that and that sounds like with glock and flap it's the same kind of the same kind of uh, environment. Absolutely, yeah. The, the discovery is so key. It, we, we, it's great that um, industry-wise, it's very see, much seen as that too. So um, people, you know, from all around the region will come. A lot of other festival promoters and and and, and, and bookers will come because, for whatever reason, the, the festival has just developed a reputation for uh, being able to. Um, well, we, we often see that the acts who play Clock and Flap tend to be picked up by the other Asian festivals for for the year or two after that. So it's become a bit of a um, kind of, uh, I don't know, a t- taste-making kind of event, which is, which is nice. What do you think um, in terms of like ne- the now um, with Hong Kong? There must You must have seen, I mean, you're saying 2008. Did you say 2008, the festival started? Uh, when we started Clock and Flap, yes. Yes. Um, so you, uh, you know... Starting in 2008 to, to, to now, uh, how have you seen those kind of sub-genres of music uh, that are unique, I guess, to to Hong Kong itself? How have you seen that um, emerge as well? And is there anything popping up at the moment that you're kind of really excited about in in terms of a genre? For sure, since 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 and not since we first started, the the kind of spectrum of genres has has broadened considerably. So. You know, even even when when I was growing up here, basically all the all the majority of artists were either very heavy rock or or, or metal acts, and um, now you really have all those subsets of of, of genres happening. And we we see it a lot. We we also um, uh, organise Sonar Hong Kong here, and with that, especially even just in in the electronic spectrum, you really have those um, you have the pockets of of, of Groups of people doing things across that whole, uh, yeah, the whole spectrum, and it's it's really been great to see that there's more artists doing things across more different types of genres, across more different profile levels than there ever has been before. Yeah, and in terms of the local stuff, I'm kind of into at the moment. I mean, I think that there's a bit of a 
there's quite a few different directions where there's where there's interesting things happening. One is this kind of guitar ren- renaissance, which I, I'm loving. You know, it kind, of, kind of same that's happening in, in in the West with I don't know, actually like idols and fontaines and things that have been going on there for a while. But the same thing here with there's there's an act called NYPD who are really great. Same with a band called David Boring and um, GDJYB. Uh, but then there's also a lot, a lot happening kind of in, in the electronic space. Um, uh, so I, I think it's a interesting time in terms of Hong Kong's local music scene development at the moment. And I think only greater things will come. You must have had, obviously, as you're saying, the international acts and the the, the local acts. Um, what's Obviously, I, I know that you'll have some some bias and you'll have hundreds of bands that you can think of that you that, that have been the best. But... What do you think is some of the best? And don't you don't have to pick your favourite child. What is the best uh, <laughs> artist you have brought to Hong Kong, and 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 why you think that is um, the best? Uh, it is an exceedingly difficult question. <laughs> I think the, the the ones that the, the moments that personal kind of moments that really resonate or stick in my mind are. One of the early years we had Bombay Bicycle Club out and, and whilst they played there was a lunar eclipse happening and it was timed perfectly to their set so it made for a really, really magical moment. There's another time where uh, we had Nar Rogers come through and I put him on this sunset slot which at the time uh, I guess lot, not many people appreciated what that meant but uh, so we, we got a lot, lot of abuse saying, you know, how, how, how dare you guys, this is a legend, he, he, he's playing, like he should be headlining. But I just knew that that combination and the context of that time of day on that particular stage where, where, where the sun kind of sets so, it, it's just absolutely beautiful. And the way it all played out was incredible to the point that Nara Rogers is impressed that it's his favourite festival to play in the world. And so it's... Um, kind of symbolic for you. Yeah, really, really, really symbolic. But then, likewise, there's there's been sets with um lo- local artists, which we, as as I was talking about earlier, there was there was one with Cho Chukmo who who he- headlined our second stage, and My Little Airport who did the same thing the year before, which actually for for, for different reasons, it, 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 there were just moments in time which really perfectly captured the kind of um zeitgeist or local feeling for what was happening at the moment so they're, they're quite important occasions especially that my little airport one so yeah yeah there's but equally there's there's, there's times where on you know smaller stages we had someone like um someone like dan deacon who people in hong kong had never seen anything like him and he had he had a festival crowd you know doing what he does at shows making them run around in circles and <laughs> do silly things and in it's moments like that you think you know it, it's just it's such a pleasure to be involved in it in that yeah yeah, so it, yeah no it's it must be kind of a great feeling when it and it all kind of comes together you know especially mm. as you say like someone like a dan deacon like you mentioned you you're kind of unsure what the response mm-hmm. is going to be then they come and then you're you're it exceeds expectation you know yes yeah absolutely what are the, some of the um, sources of inspiration for um, Clock and Flap? Uh, have you got kind of festivals, artists, or shows from around the world that you kind of look at and 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 uh, take homage from? Uh, I, I think we all do in our in our kind of different ways in our respective areas, and so it, you know I think Clock Club really is this culmination of a lot of different things coming together. But I think you know especially with the 
our kind of, you know, my co-founder directors and I, Glastonbury was a big one. And mainly because so much happens outside of the music front that the first time I went there, I wasn't expecting that. I didn't really know about that. And I, I ended up, you know, in that classic kind of lost weekend style of ending up doing so many other things and, and, and really just having the time of my life in, in, in unexpected new ways. And that, that, that spirit of, uh, I guess, surprise or discovery or taking people out of their usual mindset to give them something that they, a different kind of experience is, is always very high on our on our own kind of agenda, but I mean the scale of that is 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 is, is so different. So there were events like you know so um, you know when I was in the UK and, and and in Oxford, there was a festival called Truck Festival, which was one of the early boutique ones there, and I, I also took a lot of inspiration from that, just the way it was was done and done well on a really small level. That 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 really stood out to me, but. I guess you know we, we we draw inspiration from all over the place and yeah. especially locally the, the the key is to try and make something feel give it give it a real identity that that is unique and and, and has a character. How do you think events look in comparison to how they did when you first got into events and and it could be kind of technological changes or people changes. How do you think it's changed over the years? Well, for us here, it was very much a case of starting from 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 scratch. So. Uh, we've necessarily had to insource a lot of talent over the years and uh, evolve and, and and grow together through the years. So I think for us it's been a a, a, a very big um, learning curve, I guess. Uh, but we we really kind of delight in that. And so for us, the the focus is always on the detail, and it's always on how how can we make whatever we do that much better next time. And so we we everyone in our team has that kind of ingrained belief system and so I think uh, again like we were talking about you need to be doing this for the right reasons um, I, I think once we if we ever lose that then I think it'll be very clear to us and we'll, we'll, we'll um, that's probably the point to do something else but it, it, everyone enjoyed everyone involved with all our projects has that has that kind of mindset and we've seen um, I guess I guess you just keep tweaking and, and trying to make it infinitely better which means which which largely manifests itself in in, in kind of the in, in the planning process. So we for us it, it, it gets to a high level of 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 uh, consistently higher levels of details in 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 the lead up. And as we get better and more nuanced at things, that that tends to have a better knock on effect uh, for the for for the events in general. But it is it's also it's also largely getting advice and. Uh, bringing in expertise that we didn't have so like our work with with 212 for example is is so invaluable because that was something that that didn't really exist that that talent pool wasn't available in Hong Kong before so having a conversation with the the, the 212 team in in ways that like look we we really value this expertise that doesn't exist can we do this in a way that helps um, helps I, I, helps build something for the future um, and allows us to create this kind of legacy effect where we can train up people here locally and and and, and really try and make a difference in in, in the local industry because the, the the festival now is is you know it's the largest of its kind in Hong Kong so it, it plays quite an important role in terms of you know it, it just in terms of in employment and skill development it, it gives a different opportunity to to people who may be interested in that so having 
being able to bring in international expertise to uh, uh, hopefully give us a head start of, of, of um, you know, best case principles and stuff from the start is, 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 is super important to us. And there it goes again with the full circle in terms of the 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 local side. So it's bringing in international acts so that they can see uh, the local scene can see that they can get up further and be around the the um, the, the bigger international acts. And then it's bringing in people like Two One Two who um, who do amazing work. And and then the people that are local can then see how to manage events in the future. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Events is known for being kind of a stress. Well, it's it, it is a stressful industry. We, we, we know that it, it's uh, um, do you think about things that do, when you're kind of pre planning or you or you've got the festival coming up? Do you think about the things that could go wrong or are you genuinely quite excited at the prospect? Does it excite you? Uh, we're always thinking about the things that can go wrong. So I think, yeah, absolutely. Even just as characters, I think we tend we often uh, tend to, um, uh, I guess, we, you know, we are pretty risk averse in, in, in most senses, which is funny being, I guess, promoters. But we, yeah, we, 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 we mitigate everything everywhere we can, absolutely, to the, to the point maybe that we, we, we certainly go over the, we don't go over the top, but we do a lot more than is required of us by law here in Hong Kong. So we, 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 we take a lot of additional steps, which, you know, aren't strictly necessary, but brings, brings the event up to a world-class level where we, we want to be held to higher standards. So we want to always be pushing ourselves. And, um, yeah, that, that's certainly an area where, uh, we do as much as we can to be, to be prepared in, in as many eventualities as we can. Have you seen uh, a difference in terms of when you were in the UK to how you do things uh, in Hong Kong? Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, the, the UK is an, a, a far more established event um, market. And, and, and so uh, the, those years count for something. And, and so there's a, a lot more, not just infrastructure and policy in place, but uh, a lot more accountability and and so uh, there are elements of that which don't yet exist in Hong Kong, but we would we hold ourselves far more to the to to, to the kind of UK standards. Um, we're coming to an end, and I just I'm really keen to um, obviously not the ones that you that you haven't signed or the uh, the contracts that you haven't signed, but what have you got in the future coming up, or what have you done in lockdown, or what's the other projects that you've got going on as well as as well as what you what we've mentioned. Sure. Well, I guess this we, we've we've certainly tried to approach this lockdown period as positively and productively as we can. So for us, it's been uh, it's been an opportunity to to firstly look at all the things we do normally and 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 evaluate if there's better ways that we can be doing all those things. So we've been able to go back through all our systems and all our, our plans and think well. What what could we be doing better that we already do? Um, but secondly, it's also given us the time to do all the projects that've been on the back burner for for a long time that we we haven't had the bandwidth to do before. So so for example, we we launched earlier this year a a, a very simple music platform. Um, it's called Clock and Flat Music, where it has kind of radio style podcast shows and. Um, playlists and things like that and, and guest uh, guest hosts artist hosts and it's just our way to keep 
promoting the music that we care about uh, to try to keep developing the audience base here whilst we can't do any shows and whilst when when the shows can return then the two will complement each other even more beautifully but similarly it's it's made us look into areas that we 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 hadn't before um so things like uh you know i I know things like streaming are super buzzy and and perhaps over talked about but for us we 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 didn't initially have that much of an interest in it um, until we started to change our, 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 the way we were thinking about it and framing it more in terms of let's not think about this as a stopgap just for now. Let's actually imagine this as a new experience that can coexist when, you know, even when when things return to normal. Um, it's just a different experience that we're offering people. And w- once we started to think about things in more more of a with a long term viewpoint, um, it started to make more sense in terms of what 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 the possibilities were and, and where we wanted to be in within that so we've now got gone pretty deep into the into the streaming side of things but also the, the kind of virtual or extended reality or you know into the into the digital realm um but with with a slightly different approach to i think the way some other people are thinking about it on a personal level you know you mentioned there the have looked at those things that they had on the back burner and and they're kind of putting those into place have you got any kind of other side projects other than the clock and flat uh, scenarios where you've kind of now just launched something else or uh well super randomly and not not, not music related at all but i, I recently um I, I kind of made a book with a with a friend so this other like creative project it's, it's a book for kids and it's about uh, it's, it's a sex education book featuring animals <laughs> yeah, right. so, so the whole thing is is as random as it comes um but that, that was not really born specifically of, of this lockdown period it's something that's kind of been kicking around for a, a little while um but I, I think the time has afforded everyone that time and space to to be thinking about different um uh, different projects creative or otherwise but also just maybe maybe just take a um you know on a purely personal level, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm an introvert and I like spending time at home with my family. So it, 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 it's almost forced everyone to take this pause from this pretty, uh, you know, very, very f- f- full on pace that I think everyone was going through. So th- there's definitely been some blessings of this time, you know, amidst all the, the obvious challenges. So I, I'm there's a lot there's a lot that I'm very, very thankful for the for, for not just the time spent, but also the, uh, I guess the, the, the likely outcomes of, of this, and also just industry-wise, you know, in some areas of our industry, you know, things haven't changed for a long time. And whilst the recorded industry has gone through phases of, you know, I guess mostly through format changes or technologies, it's gone through some pretty, pretty major transitions over the years. And, and the live one has stayed relatively the same for generations. And there's some elements of the live industry that I think were due for a shakeup. And I think on the other side of that shakeup, when things come back, things will come back bigger than ever and there'll be more hunger than ever for it. So I think and there'll be more opportunities. And so we, we're, we're kind of a lot more focused on, on that side of things and just trying to survive through this time as productively as, as, as we can in the meantime. And I think everyone needs that positivity at the moment. I think it's um, it's really important to stay positive and just appreciate how great the actual industry is and, and what it actually brings. Um, mm. When does your when does your book come out? Uh, it, it's out. In, in, so there's an Australian publisher who has it out at the moment. Just just there. One of the one of the other uh, I guess COVID related issues is that 
there aren't many planes leaving Australia at the moment. Mm. So they've had to kind of put their accounts with Amazon and the like on hold. So it's, it's, it's only really available in Australia. And just the just the last one, just because you mentioned there, and I'm very intrigued by it. Um, introvert and festivals and events don't really go <laughs> hand in hand together. How do you cope with that? And how how does that work for, for you? Well, that, well that's, that's kind of like why I like being kind of behind the scenes. And I, I like... Um, you know, I, I enjoy the parts that we're pulling it all together, and uh, I, I, those I, I take I take really so much of the pleasure and the kind of um, the kind of adrenaline hit is when you see these things coming off. But for me, it's it's actually just sitting back and being able to watch the crowd from the side of the stage, which are those moments where I, I, I'm so thankful for you know the opportunities we have and we get to do the things that we get to do. So yeah, I don't know. It 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 is a funny thing. I, I there, there does seem to be a disconnect between the whole uh, classic image of a, a promoter and where I feel I am. Do you um, think it takes you longer to wind down afterwards? I I don't know. It takes me longer, but it probably it, it requires a different kind of scenario. So yeah. the way yeah, I, I'm I'm more than happy being quiet quiet on my own <laughs> and, and then having the time to to reflect. Um, Yes, but uh, I think you know that's one of the, the things with events, right? That is, is that can be so great that you you have there's a finish to them, so there's a completion, and then you move to the next one, and there'll be a completion, and you move to the next one, there'll be a completion, and you can um, you can always be f- forward thinking about the next one. Um, but there, 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 there is a, at least a result of that thing. You put this thing out in the world, and it's done, and it's um, that's that's a nice feeling when 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 people like it yeah amazing um justin sweeting it's been amazing speaking to you um do you want to just give a shout out to where people can find you um with clock and flap and when the um, next event's going to be on sure so uh clock and flap is is just clockandflap.com that next one we're, we're we're planning for will be 2021 which will be november 26th to 28th um everything that we do you'll be able to find at magneticasia.com our various festivals and uh kind of event services and we involve the ticketing and things like that um but yeah all 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 available there beautiful um amazing um really hope uh, the planning goes well and by that point uh, we can all clink our glasses and and have a good dance to um to some music in hong kong sounds very good Look thank to you very much awesome thanks, thanks Justin. Anyway. cheers